Paul has clearly up until this point revealed the truth of the believer being dead to sin. We are liberated from the bondage that comes with sin, right? Those who are dead to sin have been made alive in Christ. And Paul says in verse number 11 of chapter number six, he says, you need to, as a believer, reckon ye yourselves being dead to sin and alive unto Christ. What's he saying? You need to count yourself as being dead to sin. See yourself as being dead to sin and alive unto Christ. Reckon yourselves. That's very important for us as believers. To reckon ourselves dead to sin. If we're going to see victory over sin. You see, every believer today, that's many of us in here today, if not all of us here this morning, we have been equipped of God to live a victorious life over sin and over the desires of the flesh. You have been equipped with that. However, many believers will remain defeated by sin and continue to serve the lust of the flesh. Once we have been saved, we are delivered from the penalty of sin, right? Death, eternal separation from God. We have been delivered from that. And if we are walking with Jesus Christ as we should be doing, then we are being delivered from the power of sin through sanctification. That's sanctification. That's the life of a believer. Living close to Christ, living and walking with Christ. Although we have experienced deliverance from the bondage of sin, many Christians continue to live in defeat. Because Satan knows that he cannot overcome you, right? He cannot, he cannot uh, take you back. You have been redeemed by Jesus Christ, right? He knows that he cannot overcome, but he is pleased to keep all that he can bound in defeat. And the life that we live and the choices that we make have a huge impact on our lives. You see, having been delivered from sin, there is no reason, listen church, there is no reason for the child of God to remain bound by sin and the desires of the flesh. There's no reason, right? We need to understand that we no longer serve the flesh. Yes, but, but understand also we are not free to live as we please. We have a new master. Those who are in Christ are delivered from Satan's grip, but we remain servants unto the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, we understand our lives should now be lived devoted to Christ instead of being consumed with personal desires. That's the life of sanctification. Paul knew that we were no longer in bondage. He knew that truth, but that we remained as servants to Christ. And I want to consider the realities of, of the servanthood that Paul speaks of here and the, at the end of, of chapter number six, as we think on the truth of having a new master. First of all, I want us to see, number one, that we have a choice. We have a choice. Bear in mind, Paul is speaking to the believers at Rome. That's who he's speaking to here in this, this letter. And he speaks of the decisions that we face in life as believers. Look at verse number 15. He says, here, um, he's, he says, what then shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? 
God forbid. Paul reveals an argument that he dealt with that is very similar to another question that he posed in verse number one, right? Shall we continue in sin where grace doth abound, much more abound? God forbid, he answers that question. Paul poses a question here that he also anticipated. Do we live under, do we, do we continue to sin that now that we're not under the law, but under grace? Because here, some, some argued that there was no need to worry about sin in their lives at all because they were under grace now. They felt that they could live as they pleased, committing sin, all that they wanted without consequence. And since, since they had received salvation by grace, they, they believed that. They thought that. They questioned that. And Paul, again, de- declares God's displeasure with this type of thinking. With this type of lifestyle, he says, God forbid, have you lost your mind, right? Is what he's he's telling these these believers in Rome. But then he goes on in verse number 16. Know ye not. There's that word know again, right? He's, He's wanting us to remember who we are. We're dead to sin and alive under Christ. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. So here we really discover the reality of our choices. Even after we're saved, listen, if we yield ourselves to the desire of the flesh to sin, we become a servant to sin. That's our choice. If we yield ourselves to godly obedience in righteousness, then we are servants of Christ our Lord. And the difference remains in the choice that we make. And each day we live, opportunities will will come for us to serve, right? Every opportunity that we receive is not of the Lord. We will have opportunities, yes, to please the Lord, but we will also, Satan will make sure that we have opportunities to sin. Right? There will be those opportunities to indulge the flesh. And the question is this morning is, which one will you answer, right? To whom will you yield your body a servant to? I'm just thankful this morning that because of Christ, I have the choice to serve Christ. I'm no longer bound to that sin. When we were bound to sin, we had no choice, right? We serve sin. But in Christ, we have the opportunity to now serve him as our new master. Sin is no longer our master. Satan is no longer our master. Jesus Christ is. And so we have that choice. But also Paul speaks of a challenge. Paul begins to offer a challenge to every believer. And he urges all of us to consider our own lives. He goes on in verse number 17. But God be thanked. Can I get an amen? But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin. I love how he, that word were, we were servants to sin. But ye have obeyed from the heart that, that form of doctrine which was delivered you. So what he does is he challenges the believers to consider their past, right? Consider your past. Look at who you were before Christ. Because prior to salvation, Like I said, we were enslaved to sin. 
Satan was our brutal taskmaster, the Bible says. Our lives were lived with one goal and with one desire, and that was to satisfy the flesh. We lived in bondage of sin with no hope of escape. Our lives were dominated. Our lives were dictated by sin. Now, I I would say that it's really not healthy for us to live in the past. But it is very beneficial, especially as a believer, to remember our past. Remember who we were. Because what it does is it creates in us an attitude of thankfulness toward Christ. An attitude of humility, right? It's nothing that I have done, but all that Christ has done. And none of us can boast in our past, but we can be thankful for God's mercy and his grace while we were still in sin. And so that's what Paul is trying to get us to do. Remember your past. Remember who you once were, but also rejoice in the present. Look at verse 17 again. But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. Being then made free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness. You see, the believer was once a slave to sin, bound by its lust and condemned before God, But however, through his mercy and through his grace, we have been delivered from sin, being set free in Christ. And we can rejoice in that in the present. Not only do we remember our past, but rejoice in the present to who we are now, reckoning ourselves as being dead to sin and alive unto Christ. You see, as a believer, we remain a servant, but our master has changed, right? As a believer, we remain a servant, but our master has changed. We are now servants of Jesus Christ, our Lord. We have been bought with a price. We are no longer our own. And listen, and given the wonderful opportunity now to serve him and to glorify his wonderful name. Before salvation, we did not have that opportunity. Rejoice in the present. Listen. Our obeying that Paul is speaking of here has the idea of really, of like answering a knock at the door. We obeyed the doctrine that we have been delivered. So all the saved were bound in sin, correct? Enslaved by it with no hope of escape. But we understand that one day we heard a knock at our heart's door. Amen? And that was the Holy Spirit. And he was offering pardon and he was offering salvation And as we answered the door by faith, we were delivered from sin, delivered from condemnation. And what a wonderful day that was when he came calling us, when he came knocking on our door. Rejoice in the present. Rejoice in your identity with Christ. But then we see in verse number 19, he continues. And and now we're really challenged to recall the great change, right? The reversal of position in our lives. Let's look at verse number 19. He says, I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as ye have yielded your members servants to uncleanness and to iniquity unto iniquity. Paul reminds us what he's doing here is he was reminding us of a time 
in all of our lives when we were yielded to the flesh. Right? We served the flesh in uncleanness. And what did that uncleanness lead to? It led to iniquity, which led to more and more iniquity. We lived in a downward spiral, didn't we? Becoming more enslaved to the flesh and the, and the determination to satisfy the flesh. Paul spoke about this condition a little bit in chapter number one, right? We continue to reject the truth of God and in his righteous wrath, he gave us over to the flesh. And that's what Paul's reminding us of here. We yielded to the flesh. But then he goes on and continues in verse number 19. Even so now, now that you, your identity is in Christ, being dead to sin, alive unto Christ, so now yield your members' servants to righteousness unto holiness. You see, although there was a time when we were determined to satisfy the flesh, now, Paul says, we are called to yield ourselves as servants of righteousness unto holiness. You see, the believer ought to serve Jesus Christ with more zeal and with more compassion than he ever served the flesh. And that's, this is only possible through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Take a moment to consider the determination that you had to satisfy your flesh while you were lost in sin, right? There were no limits to where you would go to indulge yourself and, and find the satisfaction that you desired. But the question is this morning is, do you possess that same passion and that same zeal to serve the Lord Jesus Christ? Are we as committed to serving him as we were to serving the flesh. We ought to be, right? There should be no comparison, really. Our zeal for the Lord Jesus Christ should, should far outweigh our, any zeal that we possess for the flesh. And Paul is challenging us to go all in as servants of Jesus Christ. He says, as you yielded yourself unto the flesh, so now yield yourselves under Christ. Yield yourselves unto righteousness. So we see Paul says to us, he says, listen, you have a choice. We are all, we are all servants of something or someone. Oh, I just want to live the way that I want to live. Well, you're serving something. Whether it's financial security, whether it's um, acceptance in your life, whether it's pride, whether it's lust, you're serving something. And Paul says you have the choice to serve the flesh or to serve Christ. And then he challenges us with the wonderful truth of, of who we were in the past and, and rejoicing in the present and realizing our new change position. And then he closes with a contrast of these two lives. He contrasts the life of those and the fruit of those produced in the lives that are bound in sin and those who are delivered in Christ. First of all, he, he talks about those that are condemned through sin. And understand, all of humanity is born into this category. 
condemned through sin, right? We talked about in chapter number five, because of one man's sin entered into the world and death by sin. There's that condemnation. We are all born into this category and those apart from Christ remain condemned. Their lives are known by their fruit. And he talks about their fruit here in verse number 20. For when ye were the servants of sin, ye were free from righteousness. It was a filthy life. Free from right. Free from righteousness. Those who remain slaves to sin are free from righteousness. Just as those in Christ are free from sin, the lost are free from righteousness. Is what Paul is saying. There's no desire for God's ways. There's no desire for his righteousness. He said in Romans 3.11, there is none that seeketh after God. But their lives are consumed by the flesh and are lived in accordance to its desires. But also it's a fruitless life. Look at verse number 21. What fruit had ye then in those things whereof ye are now ashamed? Paul poses really a sobering question. He says, what fruit was produced in the life of sin that you can honestly be proud of? Paul knew all about this, didn't he? Paul in his life, he knew all about this shame because Paul was a very accomplished religious man. He climbed his way up the religious ladder. He was on top. He ordered, he ordered arrest. He ordered murder. He was on the top. He accomplished a lot as a religious man. But when he came to know Christ, he said that all of those things were as dung. All of those things were worth nothing. All of those accomplishments were empty. They were vain. And he knew this shame that the life of sin brings. Paul is asking, was there any eternal benefit to anything that was accomplished while living in the flesh? No, there's nothing. In fact, most of our activities and our accomplishments while in sin now bring shame and disgrace. But it's also a fatal life. He says at the end of verse number 21, look at it. For the end of those things is what? Death. Verse number 23, for the wages of sin is death. Paul speaks the truth that most would, would rather deny or ignore, but it still remains true. Sin always results in death. Sin always results in death. It can never lead to life. Realize that, believer. Sin can never lead to life. Those who continue in sin, apart from Jesus Christ, die in their sin, they will receive their just reward. A life of sin may bring temporal pleasure in this life, but it always ends in death. And those who die without Christ will face eternal death in an awful place called hell. But then it talks about those that are redeemed in salvation. Now Paul offers the alternative, right? The ultimate contrast to a life that is condemned in sin. It is a life of a redeemed believer. He says, uh, he talks about a changed life in verse number 22. But now being made free from sin, and become servants to God. You see, the redeemed in Christ have been set free from sin through salvation and have become servants to God. Those who were once servants of the flesh, right? Literally slaves to sin, 
now become servants to the Lord Jesus Christ. And we have committed our lives to service unto him, right? Unto that name that is powerful, that is wonderful, that is the name above every other name, the name of Jesus Christ. A changed life, but also a fruitful life. Look at verse number 22. Ye have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. You see, the sinner has no fruit that he can claim. Right? At least any fruit that doesn't bring shame and disgrace. But the saved in Christ bear fruit unto holiness. We have been delivered from the lust of the flesh, and now we can bear fruit and glorify our King. In our sin, we did not have that opportunity. But in Christ, we now can glorify His name. And let me encourage you, believer, live your life with the intent to glorify the name of Jesus Christ. There will be seasons in our lives where we might not see a lot of fruit and we go through times in our life where we might be far from God and away from God, but understand as a believer, all true believers will bear fruit for the Lord Jesus Christ. Fruitful life. But then it's an eternal life. Amen? An eternal life. Look at the end of verse number 23. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You see, the slave of sin will receive his just reward, like we said, right? He has no help in this life. He has no hope for the life to come. But those who are in Christ have both, amen? We have both. We have the help and we have the guidance to make it through the journey of this Christian life, and we have the secure hope of life eternal. Listen, the fruit that we bear is not our own doing or our own ability, but God equips us to bear him fruit. And he leads us in the way of righteousness. He gives us the gracious gift of eternal life in heaven through Jesus Christ. And there is no comparison in the two lives that Paul describes here. There's no comparison. The life of sin is death, but the life of obedience to Christ is life everlasting. I don't know about you this morning, but I have never regretted in believing in the completed work of Jesus Christ for my salvation. Never regretted it. Because there is no life greater than the life of a follower of Jesus Christ. There is no life greater than a life of a follower of Jesus Christ, the one who gave his life for us. So the truth of the matter is this, church. We are all slaves to one master or the other. The question is, is whom do we serve? Are we serving Satan and the lust of the flesh or are we committed to serving Jesus Christ? Because if you are unsaved this morning, you remain a slave to sin and Satan and you need to be saved and set free in Christ. Believers, I know that we can continue to struggle with the flesh. We do. It's a struggle. Paul talks more about it in, at the end of, uh, or in chapter number seven. But we must make a conscious effort to serve Jesus daily with our lives. Living to glorify him 
and we will face choices each day. And we must choose wisely as we strive to serve Jesus Christ. Why? Because we now have a new master. We now have a new master and understand that our new master loves us more than we could ever even imagine. So live for him. Yield to Jesus Christ each and every day.